Welcome to another episode of The Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. And college football is in full swing. We had, last week, I want to say five or six instant class games in the matter in the matter of one weekend. It was absolutely incredible, and we are going to be talking about all the big games. We're going to be talking about the games going on this upcoming week. But first, some big news in the college football world. The 12-team college football playoff may be coming very soon, as soon as 2024. Jay, what is your reaction to this news? Uh, obviously, with it being 12 teams, that's an omen that Texas A&M is going to win at the inaugural year. Uh, you know how much we love the number 12. Uh, so thank you to the playoff committee for moving to this number. It's it's a sign of good luck for us. Uh, I appreciate it. But my my first real thought is uh, I I wanted the playoff increased. I thought eight teams was going to be a good number, but I, I'm not mad at 12. Yeah, no, I, I, I would have liked eight. Um, I do kind of – I mean, I'm okay with 12. I don't think it should be more than 12. I think 12 is the perfect um, – I think 12 is the most you can do. Um, I hope, and this is the rumor, that the first round is going to be home field advantage. I think that would be uh, amazing. It's what college football is kind of missing, Um, and we'll get into our hatred for neutral site games. But having a playoff atmosphere on campus is going to be unprecedented for all of the right reasons. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be a boon for those businesses in town as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they'll be looking forward to that. But yeah, the the playoff environment on campus is just going to be something that I really look forward to. Uh, we already have that in FCS. Uh, but I mean, to imagine a game uh, where Alabama is hosting a team for the chance to decide the, the fate of the postseason, uh, that, that's going to be incredible uh, as an environment. I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking about the possible matchups that we'd get, and I mean, it's hard not to be excited. See, I'm very excited for teams down south that have, tra- have to travel up north in November, or sorry, in December. That makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> but my whole thing, and I, I don't know how this is going to work out, um, you're, you're going to have the first four teams get a bye. I really want to see the first two rounds be home field advantage. I think I, that's good because if you go three neutral sites in a row, how do you expect fan bases to travel all three times? Like first two home field advantage, then do neutral sites. Yeah. And I, I agree with that format. Uh, I think that'll be until you get to the, the semis, you, you can do uh, home field advantage. And then from there, We'll go to neutral site games. Yeah, my my other question for you, Jay, is I know we're slowly getting. I know this right here uh, may be the death of bowl games. Um, I do have an idea, um, and I, I just want you to kind of hear me out here and, and tell me what you think. The first two rounds, okay, the losers from each round go to a consolation New Year six. I think that's a fantastic idea. It kind of gives some prestige, and you're still kind of playing to see who's the dominant team. 
I mean, you're still going to have some of the deal where players are sitting out because they want to go to the NFL and they're not playing for a championship at that stage, but you can't really, that's going to happen no matter what. Uh, so I, th- I think that's a, that's a good idea to kind of keep those historic bowl games involved. And that's, and that's my whole thing here is that we are already seeing players opt out of, um, opt out of the Rose Bowl. I mean, players are opting out of the Rose Bowl now. Players are opting out of the Sugar Bowl and um, the Peach Bowl and, and all those bigger bowls. So if they're going to opt out anyway, why don't we Why don't we still play them? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be for bragging rights. And it's kind <laughs> of also a little preview of next year. Hey, these are the guys coming in. Also, if – again, I could be completely wrong completely wrong here um, because we saw it with Pitt because Pitt hasn't had a lot of credit or sorry, had uh, hasn't had a lot of success lately. And then they go to the ACC championship, they win it and then go to was the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. The sugar. It was, it was either the yeah. Fiesta or the sugar or the peach. It was one of them. It, it was in a dome. That's all I remember. Um, and you had Kenny Pickett opt out which I kind of understand because it's the first-round pick, but you would think a team like that who hasn't had a lot of success, they would stick it out one more time, you know. But, again, I understand. You got millions and millions of dollars um, at risk here. And he also would have had to put up with Narduzzi for another game. Exactly. So, you know, honestly, that's probably the reason why. That's probably the reason why (laughs) he couldn't take Pat Narduzzi any more than Nardog. God, I hate him. But we're not going to – well, actually, we are going to talk about him right now. Um, Perfect segue. Because week one, review, it, it all starts at the Backyard Brawl. Jay, did you know Heinz Field, there was the Heinz Field record for attendance was sort of I'm, Backyard Brawl? I'm just glad you're not calling it Acrisure Field or whatever it is. Oh, did uh, I say Heinz? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's well, Heinz. It's Heinz. It's Heinz. No, it's it, it'll always be Heinz. They can take uh, the ketchup bottle down, but, but you'll it, always see the ketchup bottle there. Exactly. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised by that because we talked about it. West Virginia was always going to pack that place. And, I mean, Pitt had their fans there, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they showed up and showed out. But uh, you, you have two teams in that close proximity. Uh, it, it was always going to be a perfect storm. Uh, added that the fact that teams haven't played in a long time. I mean, everything about this game led you to believe that it was going to end up being an attendance record. Uh, and, and sure enough, it was. Yeah. No, and think about that. All those Steelers games, all those playoff games, all of, you know, when Pitt played Penn State and when Pitt played uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, none of those teams did it. None of those Steelers nope. teams do it. It was West Virginia coming up in the backyard brawl. And listen, give Pitt fans credit, too, because I thought it was going to be 60-40, and I I think it was maybe a little under that, um, maybe, you know, 35, uh, what would it be, 35 60 Thirty-five fifty-five. Uh, thirty-five sixty-five. Thirty-five yeah. sixty-five. Yeah, math is hard. Um, it so is. yeah, it, thirty-five six or thirty-five I think it was around that area. But give Pitt fans credit that they did show up. They did show out. 
West Virginia brought the crew to, and you know, when they played sweet Caroline, there's some, you know, uh, expletives being, yeah, there was some ESP (laughs) ESP being shouted. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up ESP West Virginia. Um, but no. And so both crowds hats off to them. Um, there, I said something nice about Pitt. um, West Virginia, I thought they were going to pull this out. I really and they should have. I I, re- I think it was hubris on my part because I said uh, Pat Mar- Pat Narduzzi would lose this game from not going for it on fourth down. And, Neil and Brown. what do you know? Neil Brown turned around and did exactly what I said Pat Narduzzi was going to do. Yeah, I man, I I really love Neil Brown. I really do, and. I'm telling you, I, I think he's a good program builder. I think he's a good I, – I do think he's a good coach. I do. Um, and I, I just – I want him to turn around so bad. If they have a bad year this year, I think it's going to have to be a divorce. Um, And it's just – I don't know. I will say this. If there is a divorce with Neil Brown in West Virginia – I think West Virginia will be in a lot better. It West Virginia is in a lot better place now than it was four years ago. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with that, especially uh, when you look at uh, the yeah. performance of a true freshman and CJ Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, Dude, how much of a revelation was that guy? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. I. I really want this West Virginia. I mean, obviously, I have um, some ties to West Virginia. I lived there for four years. Um, I, I, I've known players who went there um, and players who are still there, actually, right now. And I want this team to succeed. I really do. Um, but if there is, like I said, I think Neil Brown doesn't – people don't know enough that when Dana Holgerson left, West Virginia was – there was some chaos around the program. They had a lot of guys leaving. They pretty much knew that Will Greer year was going to be the year, and then they would have to rebuild. And Dana le- Dana knew. Dana left because he knew, hey, I'm not going to win here. I'm going to get fired next year anyway. I just underperformed. I had eight. I had an eight-win year when we were supposed to have double digits. This is the yeah. best it's going to get. I'm gone. So – I don't think people realize that. That's one thing Big Game Boomer and I disagree on. I've sent him and him and I have talked in via direct message about this because he hates Neil Brown. He loves Dana Holgerson. But you you don't realize the community that how the program looks now with Town community. Yeah. Because when Dana was there, it was looked at at a negative light. Now he's kind of repaired that culture a little bit. Um, but now, nah, listen, Pitt, I thought West Virginia was going to march down the field and score. I really did. I think they were going to. And then that pick six, it just absolutely killed me. Yeah. But it was, uh, I mean, Bryce Ford Wheaton has to catch that ball, but, you know, he's also the leading receiver for West Virginia. Made a lot of good plays. He had a hell game. of a game. He had a hell yeah. of a game. And I don't, I don't ever like to, to single out one guy. Uh, obviously, that that play makes a difference in the game, along with the fourth down call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that's that's those are the breaks, especially in a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, West Virginia almost went down and tied it up. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about that. I mean, that uh, yeah. 
it was a, it was a matter of inches on to to catch that uh that last uh that last play. I thought we were really going to have an overtime, but yep. You know, it uh it, it's a tough tough game and I think uh West Virginia is going to be really fired up when they go to Morgantown next year. Oh, absolutely, especially after Pitt ran to the tunnel and waved goodbye to West Virginia. Um that team is going to I do think West Virginia I would not want to be the Kansas Jayhawks right now. Because from <laughs> everything that I have read and everything that I have seen, and I know this could be coach speak, but I truly believe that program that that loss lit a fire under that program. And like I said before, the West Virginia in the beginning of the year can look a lot different than West Virginia at the end of the year. I really hope that is the case. I am pulling for him, obviously. But – and I, I, I just – God, I, I just want them to succeed. I really, really do. And, I God, I hate Pitt. So that really, really uh, got under my sit halfway through that Penn State game. But, anyway, I, I digress. Um, let, let's talk about my favorite game of the week. Jay, um, was there ever any doubt during this game that the Nittany Lions were going to lose? That they were going to lose or, or that they sorry, were going to win? win? That they were going to win. Sorry. I think there was a lot of doubts both ways. <laughs> no, never. Never a doubt. I never doubted them for, I never doubted them for a second. Not um, even for a second? Uh, listen, and this is going to be the common theme here through the whole episode is it's week one, everybody. It is week one don't overreact okay i'm seeing penn state fans saying that that that's a bad win if you say that's a bad win you don't watch college sports i'm sorry you don't watch you college haven't seen football. how much of a chaos pit ross eight is yeah like exactly purdue is gonna be a good team this year they are um and again i think a lot of casual Penn State fans or who just people who just watch Penn State don't look at other programs. I mean, if you look throughout the entire college football world, it was a lot of sloppy football. A lot a of lot. sloppy football. So like, I don't know. I'm I think I think that's a gutsy win by Penn State. I was a little disappointed in the man-to-man defense. Um I thought, you know, giving up inside leverage a lot um, they were getting killed in the slant. I thought the linebackers weren't great in coverage. So that kind of worries me going forward. Offensively, I think they're okay. Um, I, I know Sean Clifford gets a lot of gets a lot of flack. Um, but listen, outside of that pick, which is horrendous, and you cannot do, especially for a six-year guy, you cannot, cannot sail the ball like that. It was awful, and I'm not defending that. But – he looked good throughout this entire game, and then he just does – he has a mental lapse once. Yeah. And, you know, luckily he redeems himself. But there's shaky quarterback play going on all throughout college football, especially in week one. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get to some of that shaky quarterback play a little bit later on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you look at Clifford, and, I mean, he got the job done. You know, there's there's people on the on the internet that were already ready to to have him uh, lose his job after that pick, and I'm like, 
I mean, I get it. He's not going to be the the Heisman winning quarterback, but I think he's solid enough for what Penn State needs to do. Uh, one thing I will say is I think Sean is at his best when he's scrambling. Uh, I think he tried to be a little bit more of a pocket passer in this game, and and sometimes that that negatively impacted him. Uh, I, I'd like to see him be a little more free, but I mean that's it's nitpicking again. We're in week one, so you know that could just be something that they worked on all offseason, and, and he kind of settles into more of uh, the 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 passing patterns that I want to see out of him. No, yeah, I mean I think Brady Quinn said it after the game. Penn State looks at their best when they're in high tempo. Yeah. Don't know why, but that's what – and it's like, here's the thing. When they had Ricky Ronnie as their offensive coordinator, it was very boomer bust. It was very like big plays or nothing. Now it's either we're going to have a very methodical 10-play, 12-play drive, and we're going to march right down the field and score with ease, or we're going to go three and out. Yeah. Like, it is no – there is no in the middle. Um, but at the end of the day, that's it's it's a Big Ten win on the road uh, yeah. to start the season. So that's mm-hmm. don't read too much into the the fact that it was a close game. Again, Purdue is going to be a good team. If you're Penn State, you have to be happy that you get out of Ross State with a win. But uh, you, you talked about Ricky Ronnie. I think that's a uh, that's a, a perfect setup. transition point to our next game. The James Franklin coaching tree ball, everybody. Um, former defensive coordinator Brent Pry with Virginia going into its first year at Virginia Tech, um, ODU, Old Dominion, I believe the second season, because they lost an entire season to COVID, Ricky Ronnie um, with Old Dominion. And this game right here was, it was ugly, but I don't know, it it works. Um, (laughs) Old Dominion pulls this off thanks to a blocked kick return for a touchdown. Um, listen, I believe, I believe in Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. I think his defenses are going to be good. Uh, I think offense might be a problem. They have former uh, Penn State assistant, um, uh, Kevin Bow Kevin Bowens is the offensive coordinator. Um, listen, they need help on offense. And I think that's going to be stressed in these next couple recruiting trips. Um, I think at the end of the year, I think Virginia Tech is probably going to be better than Old Dominion. But, man, give it up for Old Dominion, man. They are scrapping wins together. And you got to give it to Ricky Ronnie. Uh, Listen, I don't know how long he's going to be there. I don't know how sustainable Old Dominion is as a head coaching job. But uh, Virginia Tech has to stop going there. They have to. This is the second time this has happened. I think – the ACC is going to get a hard look at their scheduling uh, practices after this and a couple more games that we're going to talk about later that uh, were very near misses for the conference. Uh, but, yeah, going into Old Dominion, playing at Old Dominion, uh, was a little bit questionable decision in my mind, and obviously that didn't end up going well for Virginia Tech. Uh, hats off to it. Uh, I, one thing I do want to say is, I mean, Neither one of us knew Grant Wells was at Virginia Tech. No, I did. I, and did I know. had no idea. <laughs> I had no I idea. I had no idea. Like that's like I texted you and I was like, "Hey, uh, is it bad that I completely missed that Grant Wells is at Virginia Tech right now?" Look, there's a like, lot of yep. college football going on. <laughs> I like I, I was the same way. I was disappointed. Uh, but, I was disappointed in myself. 
it's going to be that's the thing though is this year going to be having so many new faces or familiar faces in new places mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get a lot of that uh, and then we didn't have this on the list but i did want to touch on it briefly a team that we both thought was going to be a little bit better this year mm-hmm. uh charlotte uh losing to william and mary dude I were mean, we wrong this was is this the first hey we're, we're wrong we were very wrong on this we one. were very wrong charlotte is bad not a very good team bad. this year so uh we apologize for anybody that may have had uh i don't even know like did you mention charlotte as one of your futures bets no totals this year i did okay i did not that's good. i know that's you good. mentioned them and then i i said oh yeah that sounds about right so i will take my percentage of criticism too yeah but, no i i thought charlotte was going to be a lot better this year and uh yeah. william and mary uh just destroyed them uh i mean that wasn't a close loss either it's 41 24 yeah that's a not a good look for the program that does make me feel a little bit better so um Charlotte lost to Florida Atlantic, right? Got dominated by Florida Atlantic mm-hmm. last week, week zero. And then I saw I oh sorry, not Iowa, uh, Ohio, who Penn State plays this week. Ohio beat Florida Atlantic, and I yeah. was like, what? I was like, Florida Atlantic, really good. And then I looked at the Charlotte score, and I was like, okay, now maybe Florida Atlantic's not as <laughs> uh, yeah. transitive property never works. Um, I mean, Penn State should. I mean, Penn State should beat Ohio by thirty. Yeah. But um, I was a little surprised by that. Um, also, I know right. this uh, this game wasn't in there either. Um, Indiana, that was just <laughs> a, a that was big, that was the Big Ten game right there. Like I thought, Illinois had that game away. I had them plus three. I even sprinkled some money line in there, so I was really ticked off at the end. But. I don't think I don't think Indiana's a good football team. I still don't believe it. Yeah, but uh, you have to give credit to Coach Tom Allen. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's still a big win for that program. Uh, I mean, everybody's doubting them going into the season. So you know, you never know if they can string a few wins together, get a bowl game out of this. That'd be a great year for them. Uh, and then a couple other quick notes: uh, Duke and and former Texas A&M defensive coordinator Mike Elko's first game there. I mean pretty much control temple the whole game temple's not going to be very good this year and then tcu on the road at colorado uh 38 13 very dominant performance for the horn colorado was winning though early they were up what 10 nothing i think early i think there was an adjustment period for the horn frogs but it's it's gonna be bad for colorado colorado coaches were screaming at each other um I don't think, yeah, Colorado. Colorado was the one team in the Pac-12 we kind of agreed on. Of eh, this is not going to be a good football team. Yeah, and it is going to be. I, I I think it's going to get ugly up there this year. I'll just yeah. put it that and it's way. a shame because Colorado should be seven wins, eight wins. Colorado should be a bowl team every year. They should no. be, and it's sad when they're not. Folsom Field. Folsom Field is so beautiful; it doesn't deserve it. But apparently, their fans are kind of. Dirtbags uh, from everything allegedly. I've seen. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. We don't want to give any false We don't know that for sure, allegedly. There are some bad stories. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to get into Saturday? Let's go to Saturday. Let's go to Saturday. Uh, we'll, start um, with, we'll start with uh, Greenville, with, North Carolina. Yeah? Yeah. Do we want to go, go to ECU, NC State? No, no, no. We can go to North. We can go to North. Oh, wait. You want to go ECU or you want to go to Boone? 
We'll work from the from the coast end. We'll go ECU first. We'll go to ECU first. Um, listen, ECU lost this game, but I have ECU over six wins this year, and I am feeling very good about that. Listen, you have NC State. Yeah, it's sloppy. Again, it's week one, everybody. It's week one. Calm down. But ECU, man um, – Man, I forgot his name. He was in the Little League World Series. Uh, I want to call him Al Her. Aller. No. Oh, I forget his name. Quarterback for ECU. Uh, Holden Allers. Aylers. Aylers. Al- I think it's Aylers. Um, heck of a football game. Their defense played really well. Um, ECU, man. And you talked about it before as well. That is a team that. No, keep your eye on the ECU Pirates. I really like the way they play. They had that goal line stand at the end of the game. Um, special team, they just the special team thing. And again, you don't want to blame it on one guy. There's multiple things. I just feel so bad for that kicker. So yeah. bad for him. But NC State found the way to win. They talked before the game. Crazy things happen in that rivalry. Yeah. Like that is and a strange rivalry. It's a place where <laughs> NC State fans, I know BJ Barm from American Aquarium was talking about this. They do not ever want to go back to Greenville. Mm-hmm. Like, they are begging NC State uh, admins to never schedule a game at East Carolina again. Yeah. No, that's a hostile, like, that's a hostile place to play in, too. Yeah. Like, Especially those, in those, state. Mm-hmm. Those fans get ripped up. That is like big party school. They were talking on the broadcast about going to Sup Dogs. Um, and I don't know. I just everything I've everything I've seen from ECU tailgates is they know how to have a good time. So those those people were um, those people definitely made it a hostile environment. But yeah. NC State gets it done. Devin Leary didn't look great, um, but again, it's week one, people. It's only week one. Don't over exaggerate. Week one, it's okay. Remember last year with. Ohio State and Minnesota. Everyone wanted Ohio or CJ Stroud benched. He doesn't look good. He's not going to be the next good quarterback at Ohio State. And then what happened? He turned into the CJ CJ Stroud we know, and Ohio State's offense was amazing last year. So it's okay. It's all right. And uh, now we had uh, Inland to Boone. Uh, for what was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, 40 points in the fourth quarter by the Mountaineers to come back. Uh, nearly tied up, go for two, miss that conversion, kick on side. Mm-hmm. UNC runs it back for a touchdown instead of you know, going to the ground and ending the game. Then App State goes down and scores again and fails on another two-point conversion where they ran the same exact play as the previous two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's a lot of things going on in that game. You, you know what the thing that bother not bothers me, but um, the the broadcast never mentioned that the North Carolina player should have. Fell. Yeah, they never mentioned it, and he's running it back. I'm like, fall down, fall down, fall down, fall down, and he never falls down. It's a one point game. Fall down, take the knee, you go. And now they made it an eight-point game. It's the same thing Penn State did, only the, the running back scored and uh, two years ago against Indiana. I, I just – I don't know. That that broadcast was terrible. I forget who it was. Um, 
I mean, and then the, you know, the net- go ahead. It's always it's always tough to see that in hindsight, but uh, it's just I mean that's something that you got to coach up, right? You, you should have your players known. Although I will say, hats off to the return team for UNC because they absolutely leveled the recovery oh. unit for App State. Hall. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was real bad. That was really bad. Um, speaking of speaking of real bad, how about a seven three game without a touchdown scored? <laughs> We go I do there? want to mention. I Hang do up. want to mention Iowa and South Dakota State. But before we go to Iowa and South Dakota State, okay, Chase Bryce, okay, degenerate gamblers need to stop taking their frustration out on college kids, because I saw so much negativity towards Chase Bryce because of an apparent overthrow that it made me want to actually vomit. These people don't watch the game. All they care all they care about is winning their bets, which hey listen, I do it too. I want to win bets. You bet on football. I, we all bet on football here. But Chase Bryce played one hell of a football game. Yeah. All right. And then I have people you know, well you over overthrew a wide open receiver. And I don't know about you, Jay. Um, it looked to me like the running back saw open field, like saw an opening, and cut the route short. And then when he released it, he went, oh, crap, and then turned himself because no one else was around him. So I didn't like the route by the receiver, and – I'm just saying, I, I, again, I didn't like the route for a receiver. They said, why didn't he keep the ball during the second two-point conversion? Well, it looked like from, you know, UNC had a little bit of penetration. It didn't look – it looked like his read was outside and the defensive end just made a great play taking away kind of both the run and Chase Bryce. Yeah. And, again, Chase Bryce, six touchdowns, 361 yards. He was the reason they were in this game. That's like the thing that bothers me is that even say he actually did overthrow it. Say that was the correct route. Say he ran it perfect. Chase Bryce is the only reason App State was in that football game. And you have idiot people saying that it's Chase Bryce's fault. Screw you and stop tweeting about football. (laughs) All right, I'm done. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and like I, I think he what overthrew the receiver a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I do agree with you that, that it looked like the running back cut the route short. I think it's a combination of Chase Bryce saw how open he was and kind of hurried to get the ball out too. Yeah, I think your eyes get a little bit big whenever you see somebody that open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's kind of like when you get served up a a beach ball of a pitch in baseball, yeah. and you're just like, I'm gonna come out of my shoes swinging at this. It yeah. was one of those moments. Uh, but, you know, again, Chase Price was the reason they were in that game. Chase Price is the reason that I'm sweating a little bit going into App State A&M next week. So, yeah. No, we'll, and we'll, then um, we'll see. But was it Drake? Drake May for North Carolina. Also, another fantastic day. North Carolina's off. Again, I know App State's defense isn't great, but North Carolina's offense looked really good. This game went from. 
okay, App State's going to win this by double digits. And then it was, oh, wait, North Carolina's going to win this by double digits. And then we had an absolute instant classic in the fourth quarter. 62 total points from both teams in the fourth quarter. I think that's the entire spread. Well, I don't know what this – I think maybe the spread was in the 70s. But still, you have the majority of that spread covered in the fourth quarter itself. It's wild, but – uh, again, like you said, we I mentioned it a little bit earlier. The complete opposite of this game uh, oh, was man. South Dakota State and Iowa. Oh man, I love it. Seven to three, <laughs> no touchdown scored. Seven to three, the seven points for Iowa came on a field goal and two safeties. I really needed that game to end five three, so I was kind of mad about the second safety, but still, it's, it's seven points the most Iowa way possible. Yeah, that's that's Iowa. Um, listen, San Diego State isn't is, is or sorry, South Dakota State's no slouch. Um, they're they're one FCS of the champion teams. last year. Yeah, FCS champion. They're really good. Um, better than half the group of five teams you play. Probably more than half of the group of five teams. I, I think um, I saw Spencer Petrus had a one point one QBR. He did. He did. That's a, that Incredible. is a, that is a factual thing. Um, okay. I think this offense, again, it's week one. That's the, the theme of today is it's week one. Um, but I think this offense is obviously going to get better. It's not going to get any worse. But I just think it's sloppy. It's Iowa. It's Iowa does this every year, and then they by the end of the, at the end of the season, they at least have a competent offense. Luckily, they have one of the best defenses in all college football. It's always these Missouri Valley schools too, right? Like it's uh, it's UNI, it's North Dakota State, it's South Dakota State. They they schedule these teams, and it's always just a slog for them to start the year. Because they're good, they're good FCS schools. They're good FCS schools. Most uh, most of those teams can compete in Group of Five. So now it's listen. It's it's only Week One. It's only Week One. Um. Anyway, Cincinnati, Arkansas. Um, this was just a hard-nosed football game. Um, I think Cincinnati proved that they're ready for the for the Power Five step yeah. up when they go yep. to the Big Twelve. Yep. Listen, Cincinnati lost, but they, I think, to year for years to come. And this isn't a knock. This isn't an insult. But I think Cincinnati is going to be one of those teams that's going to be seven, eight, nine win teams every year. Yeah. For for at for, least for, for a for a good chunk of time ever they're going to have to rebuild eventually but i think they are at very good place in the program they're going to go to power five and i think they show that they're going to belong in the power five because listen arkansas is good that is a good football team that's going to be for 10 wins and they did it on the road as well yes and they went to arkansas to do it so uh kj jeff love i mean come on kj jefferson he's awesome he's a great he runs like a horse like he runs like a horse. He he can he can sling it around. I really love KJ Jefferson. Yeah, big fan. Uh, just wish that I didn't have to. We didn't have to see him at A and M this year. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Um, wish they would play that um, on home camp. and home, huh? How, how, how? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Um, no. but that's a conversation for another day. Now, Jay, uh, the battle of the Texas schools here. Houston Battle of I ten. Battle of I ten. Houston. UTSA. What a game, man. What a game. I mean, triple overtime, instant classic. Uh Frank Harris 
what a job that he did playing quarterback. Uh, it's just this game was everything that I hoped it would be, other than the fact that Houston didn't cover. And I'm not going to dwell on that too much just because I was so enthralled watching this game. Uh, and, and I hyped it up. I mean, since this game has been on the schedule, I've been hyping it up. And, you know, trailer called, Coach Trailer called this the most important game of the year for UTSA. And I, I realize the Roadrunners didn't come out top. There are no moral victories. Yep. But damn, did this UTSA team equip themselves well in one of the bigger games of the year. Yeah. Listen, uh, this game, again, it would triple overtime here. But don't let the score fool you. This was not an offensive game. Like, this was very defensive heavy. Um, And I think Houston proved that their defense can play. That their defense has grown. Um, UTSA showed that they can hang with the big dogs. um, Or or a team that's going to be a big dog. Um, But yeah, I, I had Houston minus four and a half. I... This I thought this was going to be more high scoring. If you would have told me this game was in triple overtime, I would think it would be something like the App State North Carolina game, where it'd be in the six fifties or sixties. Um, to tell me they went to the three overtimes and they only went up in the thirties, that I had to sweat out this over, um, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, but no, I, I was really surprised at UTSA. No moral victories, but this what a football game! Great football game. All right. Uh, next one we had on the list was Utah at Florida. Uh, so there goes one of my playoff teams down in week one. But uh, uh, Not looking good. I mean, still alive, technically. I just think in the Pac-12, I mean, I just don't think you can afford that loss. No. Yeah, uh, I, no I do think Florida, Anthony Richardson looked incredible. Really uh, good. Why was he on the best? I am, I am really, really excited to see what this team does. Uh, again, I hope you make that game whenever they come to AM because Florida looks to be already turned around as a program with Billy Napier in there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, Anthony Richardson, is a, yeah, he's a sophomore. He he was on the bench last year, right? He, so I know he got some playing time. I can't remember who the other guy was. Uh, Emory uh, Jones. Yeah, Emory Jones was the other quarterback they had down there. Uh, and I know it was kind of uh, one of those two quarterbacks, no quarterback steals. Uh, and I mean, because Jones beat out Felipe Franks, I think what two years ago last right, last and, and Franks ago? ended up at Arkansas, right? And then that didn't work out. He was he was terrible. Um, and then yeah, so I think it was like one of those things. Well, we already have Emory Jones, and again, it's tough with a freshman quarterback. You don't want to throw him into the fire. Um. But Anthony Richardson looked like the real deal. Um, he looked really 100%. good. Florida's defense looked real good. And securing the win at the end, this was a, a rainy day. Um, I think Utah might still be in playoff conversation. I just wrote a blog that will be coming out tomorrow. I'll find it on – or sorry, it would be today for everyone listening. Um, check out Apollo Media, winners and losers of week one. A uh, little plug there. Um but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I, I just think yeah, – you you are right. Utah did lose a lot, like, from the game. Like, they lost – I mean, they can still win the Pac-12, obviously, non-conference, but playoff contention, it's not good. And it doesn't look good that that's not the – that's what the – even if 
Florida's back, the fourth best SEC team. Yeah. But I mean, it'll depend on on what Florida does the rest of the year. If like, I mean, if they get to the end of the year and their only loss is Georgia, then that's that's a great look for them. But that, that is a a tough schedule that the Gators have this year. Yeah, really quick before Notre Dame, Ohio State. I don't have this written down, but um, Oregon got absolutely shellacked by Georgia. Like destroyed. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be honest with all the college football going on. I stopped watching that game in the second quarter. There's, I mean, Oregon had nothing to offer them. So they're, nothing. I mean, they're, you can't really. Georgia's good this year. <laughs> and Georgia's Stetson really Bennett looks great. And, uh, Oregon had a chip on the shoulder, too. And I, I want to see how they bounce back because when you got a chip on your shoulder and you got, hey, we got this, we're going to, when you're really high like that and you get absolutely humbled, it's like when watching. Jay, did you watch um, Infinity War? I did. I did. Okay. Remember when Thanos, like, beats the crap out of the Hulk? And then the Hulk refuses to be the Hulk? Like, Bruce Banner's just kind of stuck being Bruce Banner? Yep. (laughs) I hope that's not what happened with Oregon. Because I I think you'll see him bounce back, but, you know, that is tough to come back from that. It's it's very tough. See, the Pac-12 went 9-3 over the weekend, and I think they... They had a weekend. They had a rough weekend because two of their flagship teams that were supposed to fly by that flag for the Pac-12 this year, um, one loses pretty much their playoff contention, and the other one that was supposed to compete for a New Year's Bowl just gets absolutely destroyed. But again, US remember USC in 2016 got smoked by Bama, and then they went and won the Rose Bowl. So who knows? A lot of season left. You know why? Because it's only week one. There's a lot of season to go. Um, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I have to tip my hat to Notre Dame's defense. Uh, They were way better than I expected, uh, Mm -hmm. especially with the loss of Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hats off. I got to say, I think Notre Dame probably got the the better end of the, the Brian Kelly deal. Uh, and again, it's week one, so we don't want to overreact too much. But mm-hmm. I mean, just the culture around mm-hmm. it is is what makes me think that Notre Dame is in a good spot. Yeah. I think it's a lot more positive. Um, I, I listen. I've said before. I think Brian Kelly is a very good football coach. I do. I think he's a very good coach. I don't know if I love him as a figure, though. And I everything I've seen from Marcus Freeman. Makes me love Marcus Freeman. And listen, I root against Notre Dame every chance I get. Um, but Marcus Freeman seems like the real deal. Uh, I think he's great. I think the guys respond to him. Um, I think this tells us more about Notre Dame than it does Ohio State. Um, a lot of people freaking out about this Ohio State offense. Pump the brakes. It's only week one. It's only week one. Um Things are going to be sloppy. And, again, hats off to Notre Dame. Great defensive effort. They did really well. I think their offense – I don't think their offense is great, just to be honest. Um, But if you're worried about Ohio State's offense, just just be patient. It's going to come alive. Jackson Smith and Jigba also got hurt very early on in the game. So Mm -hmm. that that can be part of it. And, again, I think it's more that the Notre Dame defense is really good than the Ohio State – 
offenses is overrated. So, again, pump, pump the brakes. Ohio State's going to be fine. I still think this is one of the best teams in the nation. Again, like everyone's like freaking out over week one. It's number like, two versus number five as well. Yeah. I mean, and like, listen, you, you can say, you know, Notre Dame's overrated. After the last five years, Notre Dame has finished higher than their original rank. Remember that. That's a stat for you right there. Um, but it, no, if you're worried about Ohio State's offense, don't. Like, it's going to come together. I feel like we do this every year with teams, it's week one. And they're like, oh, my God, the offense looks terrible. And Ohio State's going to turn into Ohio State. That offense is going to turn into a, an elite offense. Um, um, I think their defense is better than it was last year. That was kind of the weakness. Um, but, again, these were two really good football teams. You won by double digits. Like, Ohio State won by double digits. And people are questioning Ryan Day's coaching style. Like, listen, I'd like him to run the ball more, too. But give them, give the guy a break. He just won by 11 against the fifth team in the country. And, like, that stadium was dead at the end of the game. Like, it's, it's their Ohio State's expectations are so high that I think somewhere along the way it's going to bite them because yeah. nothing is, nothing's going to satisfy them. It's going to be like why Mac Brown left Texas and retired because he said winning never, winning never felt fun. He said he was like, because you're expected to win every single yep. game. It was no longer fun winning. It was only that anxiety of, I cannot lose this game. Also, why Jordan got out after his third championship. But yeah. just saying. Dude, uh, quick note, uh, shout out to SMU for a huge win over North Texas. Uh, Tanner Mordecai and that offense at SMU looked really good against the North Texas team that after we saw what they did to UTEP on the road, we thought – we thought North Texas was going to be great this year. Uh, and they still might be within Conference USA, but SMU looked fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're, wait, who's their coach now? Uh, so that they got, uh, I believe. It's not uh, Sonny, obviously. He's no, Sonny Jackson's at TCU now. Yeah, I knew that. I, I want to say, uh, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. He was at losing at Lashley, I believe. Lashley? Rhett? I think Rhett Lashley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lashley. Uh, Rhett Lashley. So, oh, he was uh, at Law Tech. A, yeah. It's a similar That's offensive system. Much, yeah, I was going to say, when, when both those teams are on the field, they, they look very similar, SMU and Law Tech. Yeah. And uh, so Lashley was at, uh, was at Miami as offensive coordinator uh, mm-hmm. and was SMU's offensive coordinator in 2018 and 2019. So he's got the familiarity with the program, which was why uh, I liked SMU, even though Sonny Dax was leaving. There's still a little bit of continuity there. Yeah. Um, and now the main event. Sunday night had one of the absolutely bonkers games I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, this game went from a rock fight in the first half and then turned into Florida State's going to run away with this. And then LSU put together one of the greatest drives I have ever seen in my entire life and missed the extra point for the tie. 
Now, part of that has to be credited to the fact that Florida State's pitching at the goal line, uh, which I don't mind if it's an outside pitch, but when you do like a, you know, like an off tackle pitch like that, it's mm-hmm. it's. I think it's just it's too tight in there to to yeah. expect that to go well. Uh, Jordan Travis, hand up. I mean, I did not expect that game out of him. That oh, touchdown that. pass he had uh, with the targeting call looked incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun counter concepts into passing game that that Florida State was running. I kind mm-hmm. of enjoyed that a bit. Uh, I mean, Florida State looked good. LSU, not so much. I think. Uh, some of the mistakes from Florida State let LSU hang around. The offensive line for LSU really struggled. It was uh, bad. You know, and honestly, I liked Jaden Daniels. I think he gave him a chance to win. Uh, I don't think that was a bad performance for Jaden Daniels, but Kayshawn, Kayshawn Booty, I mean, that he did not look like the player that he's been in the past. No, and he got rid of all of his LSU stuff on his Instagram. So I don't know what happened there. Um, someone did. Someone I. They almost got me, Jay. One of those accounts. They almost got me. With, <laughs> uh, they were like, "Resources say," because that Brett McMurphy's picture, and I didn't read the at originally. And then it, it said something like, "We're into a heated tirade," and um, uh, he called him a. He called Brian Kelly. A one of a fake Ed Orcheron. Um, <sighs> that's the other thing. Every time I see Brian Kelly, I just think of a Foghorn family, Leghorn, fa- Foghorn Leghorn caricature of a. Now I am but a simple Southern lawyer. <laughs> I judge. De- I am. <laughs> I do declare. I would execute our team for their execution. Oh, uh, man. But, uh, I said, no, I, I, mean, I said, I said, why, why don't those referees hurry up with the, I did, with the I, clock? The irony, the irony of the, the one second on the Big 12 refs clock uh, was not lost on me, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> one second. Like, this isn't rocket science, people. Like, put the one second up. Just let them know. <laughs> Just let them know if they can run motion or not. Because that's I, I all also, that was. It's it's just, and, and I, I get mean, it. If you're if you are, you know, everyone's like, well, why does that matter? If like they're gonna snap it anyway, because if you are um, Florida State, you don't want LSU to run any type of motion. You want them to be stationary so that you can try and get the matchup that you want. If of course, they, and they ended motion, up calling the timeout anyway. Well, yeah, they ended up calling the timeout anyway. <laughs> well, well, no, because they were going to run that play regardless. Yeah. So it wasn't going to be like once it was set, it was the clock wasn't going to run. So then they thought, okay, if they can run motion, then we can we might as well call a timeout. Because originally I thought, wouldn't it be freaking funny if they had one second on this clock and they don't snap it in time? Because I was thinking about that, but then they then they cleared the whole thing up with the review and the that would have been such set. a perfect way to end the game. But then, I mean, it worked out with the block extra point anyway. So, uh, you know, obviously there's fun? a, you know, what wasn't fun. Jay was that me. And I probably about a million other people had 50, 50 and a half over, um, which was what it was at kickoff. 
now and you might you would have saying, hit if y'all got overtime <laughs> right because it would have been at 40 yeah it was at 48 48 it was at 48 well and so even a field goal wins it a field goal wins it which is guaranteed an overtime it's not going to end in a tie unless i thought about this no unless i didn't think the about power it. goes out at the superdome no unless <laughs> they two they have the two overtimes and no one scores and then they do the the, the two point conversions the two point conversions and one person gets it and one person did it i didn't think about that last night but i uh, i that just came to my mind now cuz that would be my luck but i, I i'm going to get a lie that was the first time i audibly yelled during a bet like during a game that I that I bet on, because that whole time I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna pull this off. I'm texting my friends who also had the over. I'm like, we're gonna pull this off. We're gonna pull this freaking off. And then he Not misses so the fast. extra point, and it was just a painful. It was blocked. Screen. It was blocked. A block. Sorry. We, we don't. We, we don't want to criticize the kicker too much yeah, unfairly. Not the kicker's fault. But what a game, man! What a, Florida State needed that more than anybody. Dude, I feel so bad for Malik Neighbors. I mean, I know, like, I would have deleted my social media if I was him too, because there's no telling what people are going to be saying in his in his messages. But uh, I mean, what a game! What a classic! Yeah, that. Mm, yeah, he had a key. I'm trying to think. Yeah, he had a key drop. Well, he had the two punts that he muffed. Oh, the muff. Yes, the muff punts. Right, 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 right. I forgot that he was the guy that was back there. Yeah, no, it's. Um, yeah, poor guy. But yeah, that kind of that drive kind of took the heat off him. You know, one hundred percent. But what a game! What a crazy week of like I said. I mean, think about it: uh, Florida State, LSU, Utah, Florida, um, U- U- UTSA, Houston, UNC, App State, NC State, ECU, the Backyard Brawl, Penn State, Pitt. You know, that's not considering Cincinnati, Arkansas, there there are seven instant classic games in that week alone. That might be one of the best weeks of college football we've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I don't think won. it and I don't think that's an exaggeration either. Um, I mean I'm not gonna argue with it. No. Um okay. Let's do a little preview. Now you might all be thinking, hey guys, why aren't what about Clemson, Georgia Tech? Well, uh, that game is going on right now. Um, Clemson and Georgia Tech. Uh, let's see here. Their just game just started five minutes, four minutes into the game, and Georgia Tech is punting. So that is the update on that. I took Clemson minus 23 and a half. I think Clemson runs away with that. What? I think they will, especially any... with the loss of Jameer Gibbs, but uh, we'll Ooh, see. Really? Uh, zero zero right now. It is. It is zero zero in the first four minutes. But again, things will be sloppy. Why? Because it's week one. Um, yep. All right. Week two preview. Um, Alabama at Texas, a big noon kick. College game day will also be there, which I hate. I absolutely hate. Um, because, Jay, I- I'm going to ask you, where should College Game Day be? Because I know you and I are on the same page. As much as it pains me to say it, it should be at BYU Baylor. 
It should be at BYU Baylor. Absolutely. Well, it's in, it's at Baylor though. Or sorry, it's at BYU though, it's, right? It's it's in Provo, yes. Yes, in Provo. It should be there. I know the game's at ten o'clock, but you had a perfect excuse here not to well, one, it's a noon game. Two, it's a big noon kick. So I, I cannot fathom ESPN wanting to promote a game not on their network. Um but yeah, I don't understand this move. I think hey. it should have been in Provo. And honestly, after that big win last week, I wouldn't have complained about Kentucky at Florida being the game of the week either. Yeah, go back to the swamp. Yeah, absolutely. That's a night game, right? Uh, I, let me check. Here. I think it is. I think it's a night game. It is 6 p.m. ESPN. Yeah. Go. Don't stop doing the same places every year. Corso, this is probably Corso's, the end of Corso's thing. Get to as many unique places as you can with the old man, okay? Let him try on different helmets. You have to wonder, maybe that is part of it. I mean, going to Elevation and in Utah. So, are you saying that they are not? They are afraid to take Lee Corso into the Elevation, like it's going to look. I I talk about equilibrium. I talk about Elevation all the time and the impact that it can have on athletes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Elevation might be the reason because if 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 it if I'm putting this equilibrium if if his respiratory is altered because of elevation, he may not he may not make it to next week. I'm I'm just saying. I mean, elevation can be tricky. Okay, okay, maybe that is the reason. Maybe Herbie put a stop to it. Um, okay, I'm giving, so, I'm giving ESPN their out. They're going to listen to this. There it is. Be like, you know what? That's a good idea. That's a good we idea. Did a we didn't go to um, Listen, Alabama. As, as we speak, I think uh, I think uh, DJU may have just fumbled the ball and given it to Georgia Tech. Uh, Sorry, we're gonna we have to get to this preview quick because yeah, now we're we have to be, get to this preview. But I see George, I see Clemson's going in already. But, okay, we, we got to get through this speaker. We will keep you all up to date for a game that happened last night. That makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. It's it's a dual reaction uh, yeah. preview show. Yeah, there we go. Um, so, I think Alabama uh, – I think Alabama wins this game by double digits. I do think Texas is going to be good this year. But Alabama's got too many horses, and I don't think Texas is on that level yet. Um, but yeah, also, uh, Jay, I don't want to offend the great people of Texas, but isn't Austin kind of like a wine and cheese type of crowd? It's, it's a little bit of both. Uh, I love going to Austin. I love visiting Austin. Uh, it's one of the barbecue capitals of the state. There's so many good places in there. Leroy and Lewis, uh, interstellar, uh, Franklin barbecue. I mean, I could talk Austin barbecue all day. Uh, and be happy, but it's it's a mixture, right? You do have some of that wine and cheese crowd, especially now that you know you have some more Silicon Valley people coming into Texas. Right. Uh, most of them are going to the Austin area, uh, but I, honestly, I think the Texas crowd will show up for it. The one thing I will say though is you're looking at tickets. I, I have this ESPN feature that has tickets as low as, uh, and for that Alabama at Texas game, you can get tickets as low as twenty eight dollars. Which for a game day that game is, is amazing. Pretty surprising. Are you kidding me? 
That's for comparison. Wild. You look at Tennessee at Pitt. Tickets for that are as low as fifty-five. Uh, I mean, Colorado you, at Air Are Force. you telling me that the ticket prices at Texas for Alabama are lower than Pitt? Uh, current, you can find them lower. I mean, I'm not going to get into yeah. the average ticket price. Right. Uh, but you can find a ticket as low as 28 at Texas, and oh, the man. cheapest ticket you can find for, for Pitt there's, is 55. There's no way Pitt people show up twice in the same month. Hey, Iowa State, Iowa, $120. Yeah, because they care. Alaska, Because baby. they hate each other. Um, let's actually <laughs> talk about let's talk about the Cyhawk here, since that's a good transition there, Jay. Um, actually, before we do that, what, what's your take on Alabama, Texas? What do you think? Uh, I actually like Texas. I, I want to see what the number is. I don't have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. But Texas covering first half and kind of hanging around. Maybe a good little bet to have because you know Sark's gonna have the guys fired up for it. Oh, uh, absolutely. I think I think Alabama ends up walking away with it towards the end, but first half I would expect Texas to hang around. Uh, let's not forget that even though they didn't have a good year that year, they did give LSU their closest game of the year in 2019. Um, Alabama's a 20 point favorite. So I don't know. I don't know about the first half. I, I would want to see what the first half is, but I wouldn't be surprised if Texas covered. Um, first half. I'm saying first half, half only. Ten and a half. See, I I love that that bet for Texas there. Yeah. Okay. I think All so. Right. Um, let's go to the Cyhawk. I have a prediction here. Iowa wins by double digits. See, I disagree with you because unless they get. Something like Maryland, where they where they score like six times on turnovers, I, I don't think they can put up enough points to score by double digits. The offense will be significantly better than it was last week. I truly believe that, and I think this is one. I think this is going to be the game where Iowa fans come out and thinking, "Okay, we're okay." Like last week was last week. We're going to figure some things out. I don't like Iowa State this year. I don't. I don't think they're going to be a great football team. I think they've missed the boat with their team last year. I think Matt Campbell is a good coach. He's a good program builder. But I think there is a definite ceiling at Iowa State. There may be a ceiling with Matt Campbell. But I like Hawkeyes, and I like them by double digits. And I think the offense is better. I'm saying – I know we don't do predictions a lot here. I'm like saying 24, 24 to 13 Hawkeyes. I mean, I guess I could see it playing out that way. I just, I don't know that Iowa gets 24. I think Iowa State's defense is going to be tough enough to, to keep that game uh, low scoring. I'd take the under, whatever the under is. Ooh, I think it was like, hang on, I'll tell you. It's probably like thirteen. <laughs> In that case, you may take that over. <laughs> um, let's see here, Cyhawk. Ah, uh, where is it? There's so many games. Let's see here, Cyhawk Trophy. Oh, here we go. Over under is forty one and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the under in that one. <laughs> Definitely. Well, hang on. Did I said I said twenty four. I said twenty four thirteen. 
So that's 37. Yeah, that was, that's 37. That's an under. So, yeah, I'm liking the under there. But, no, I love Hawkeyes this weekend. I really do. Um, here's another one kind of under the radar, South Carolina, Arkansas. Um, listen, I, this is a Shane Beamer podcast. Um, love Shane Beamer. But I don't think the Gamecocks are quite there yet. I think it's going to be a slow climb. I think they're going in the right direction. I think Arkansas just has too much back. They have K.J. Jefferson. I just think this offense is too good. Um, I like Razorbacks to roll here. Um, I like. I think it was seven and a half the line. I like Arkansas to cover. Yeah, I got it at seven. Uh, so it's probably just going to climb from there. Uh, I, I like Arkansas a lot in that game as well. Uh, and Spencer Sanders didn't look uh, – or Spencer Rattler, sorry, didn't look particularly impressive. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, they could take a step forward. I just, I think Arkansas is the better team far and away. Mm-hmm. Old Big Twelve matchup: Kansas State, Missouri, um, at uh, in the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas. I really like Kansas State. This year, I'm not saying they're going to be a Big 12 champion or anything like that, but like I think this is going to be a good team. This is an eight, maybe nine win football team. Uh, I don't like Missouri. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a clown. I do. I don't like him. Uh, and I think our, I think Kansas State wins this football game. I really like Kansas State. So I talked about the tickets earlier. Uh, this one says tickets as low as 100. So I think there's a little bit of uh, excitement in Manhattan yeah. against an old conference foe. Uh, there's some proximity there from Manhattan to, to Mizzou. Uh, I think that the Kansas State fans are going to show up, and that place is going to be loud on a Saturday morning. I like Kansas State in this one. Do you, do you know why the ticket prices are so much? Because, because of what's the magic word? Oh, yeah, regionality regionality baby that's why it's regionality coming back old conference foes i mean listen we we live in a we live in a capitalist uh world here uh where it's all about the money uh if you want to make tons of money for your school and you want to make tons if the ncaa or whoever whatever college entity wants to make loads of money put games on campus and not only that, but um, make it opponents that are close to the region because people will show up. I mean, come on. It's, it's, if you want to make money, that's what you want to do. Okay. So just saying, just saying. Um, App State at Texas AM. Jay, what, what is your thoughts going into this one for your Ags? So, obviously, we saw what App State was able to do offensively. You're going to have to limit that. The good news is, uh, and you don't want to read into it too much because it's number one, it's week one. Number two, you're in a, against an FCS opponent. But I really liked the way the defensive line looked on Saturday, in spite of the fact they're replacing all four starters. Yeah, uh, Fadil Diggs in particular uh, looked really impressive on Saturday, uh, and and you have. Uh, a guy in McKinley Jackson who's expected to be a starter wasn't out there. Uh, you'll see, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. App State is a very good team. 
they're they're a team that could compete in the bottom half of a lot of these power five conferences and they're definitely somebody who can come up and 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 beat somebody if you if you take them lightly they nearly did it to miami at miami last year uh if you look at the mountaineers and i mean yeah you have to be careful in that passing game against their offense but if a and is able to execute offensively I do like the matchups that we can get at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of speed in that receiving core. Uh, you know, this game scares me a little bit just because the history of App State playing against ranked teams. Uh, yep. But I think A&M will be able to take care of business. I think A&M takes care of business too. Um, I think the big thing that we're going to see here is, like you said, uh, Texas A&M's pass rush is going to get after Chase Bryce. They're, they're going to. They're going to get after him. And I don't think that offense is going to be able to effectively move the ball like they want when you're going to have to get rid of the ball in three seconds. You are not going to be able to have five-step drops. It's going to be catch and release all day long. And with Texas A&M is going to have those horses. They're going to have way more horses than North Carolina had. Um, I like Texas A&M, and I don't know. I'm interested to see how – App State starts this game off. Are they going to be sluggish after the loss, or are they going to come with a little bit of fire? But the problem is that they're going up against a giant in AM. But I like AM here in this one. Yeah, and the, the other thing is AM was able to rush the passer without bringing extra extra rushers. Uh, they had no yes. issues rushing the passer without getting into exotics, into those blitzes and stunts and twists. Uh, and I think they'll want to keep it vanilla again with Miami coming to town next week. Um, and if they're able to do that, it, it's going to be trouble for App State. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the offense has to get going. I mean, 31 points against an FCS foe and, and struggles like they did against Sam Houston. And again, Sam Houston State is a very, very good FCS program. I don't want to take too much away from them. But there were times where Haynes King had open receivers for touchdowns and wasn't able to execute He's going to have to make those throws on uh, on Saturday against App State and really going to have to make them against uh, future SEC foes. Uh, the other thing I looked at is the offensive line. The left side of the offensive line struggled with stunts and twists against the run from Sam Houston State on right. uh, Saturday. And, I, you know, you've seen defensive line. You're not oh. going to see too much stunning and, and twisting against the run. So I no. think that may have played into some of the communication issues because they were getting push up front when there wasn't twists involved. Mm-hmm. I think it was just something they weren't prepared for in the game plan. Absolutely. This next one. Can they both lose? Is this uh Pitt, Tennessee? It is. It is Pitt, Tennessee. <laughs> um, how about you? You start off first. What are you thinking in this one? Uh, I like Tennessee in this one. I really do. I think the offense is going to be a little bit too powerful for Pitt. Uh, you know, Pitt struggled against JT Daniels and, and the West Virginia squad, and I don't want to take anything away from West Virginia, but I think Tennessee is going to have an even better offense. Yeah. The only thing that worries me there is that I don't know if Tennessee's defense is as good as West Virginia's. That's the problem. You're 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 seeing uh, the opposite. Pitt beat West Virginia. Now they're going to see the opposite team. They're going to see a team that eh, may has a lot of questions on defense, but their offense is really high powered. And, you know, people are asking me, Jake, what are you going to do when Tennessee and Pitt play? 
And I mean, the answer is simple. Oh. Root for the meteor. Rocky Top, baby. <laughs> I hope they kill him. I hope Hendon Hooker puts up 50 points on Pitt in Pitt in front of those elitist scumbags. Screw them. Go Tennessee. <laughs> Go Rocky Top. God, please put those people in their place. One great season in 22 years, and they want to thump their chest. Screw you. Hope Tennessee beats their ass. Would have never expected this from you. I love it, though. I love it. All right. Uh, next game, Houston at Texas Tech. Listen, this line, this is it. This is one of those lines that don't make sense to me. Do you know the line for this? I think it's minus three Texas Tech. Yeah, minus it's two and a half right now. That I thought te- Houston would be favored here. Yeah. Well, the thing you have to understand it is on the road. Too, is, is on the road. Lubbock is Lubbock is the Ross aide of the Big Twelve. Uh, you, you go into yeah. the Jones, mm-hmm. and it, t- like weird things happen there out, out in Lubbock. Uh, the fans get thrown tortillas. Wild, wild things can happen at the Jones. Right. So uh, it's it's a uh, it's a tough place to play. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. I think there's going to be obviously there was a coaching change. Uh, you have you have Joey McGuire in there now, uh, who's, who's trying to kind of turn around a program that really struggled to recruit in the state of Texas under Matt Wells. I think because we were both kind of surprised that Texas Tech made the move when they did last year uh, to to get Matt Wells out of there, but. Now you, you look at it, and there's a big chance here to establish some momentum in, in Lubbock. So just like UTSA was fired up for Houston last week, Texas Tech is going to be fired up for Houston this week. And Texas Tech did beat Houston last year in Houston. Mm, okay. Okay, I forgot about that. Um, I don't know. I kind of like Houston here, but then again, they had a big game. They had a big three-overtime game. They have to go to Lubbock. I don't know. Maybe I do like Texas Tech. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna see where this kind of where this line goes throughout the week, and make a decision. Um, I'm not sure who to take there. Um, Kentucky at Florida. Does Florida get back up, or does Kentucky catch them sleeping? I think Florida gets back up just because there is a little bit of history between these two programs. Uh, Kentucky, I think, was kind of part of the da- downfall of Dan Mullen, if we're being honest here. Uh, Mark Stoops was kind of a, a thorn in Mullen's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this is just a team that Florida wants to beat. Uh, I think they're looking to build off that momentum and show that they're going to be ready to compete in the SEC East this year. And, I mean, the thing is, Kentucky, from an offensive standpoint, isn't going to have the firepower. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Their offense isn't super consistent. They're built around being a tough defensive team. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to be able to slow down Anthony Richardson. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see this game, especially with it being in the swamp. Yeah, if Florida starts, if Florida starts putting up points, it it might be lights out. Because uh, again, I I said it multiple times on the show. I, I I love Will Levis. I think he's a gamer. I think he's a warrior. But if you're going to have to depend on Will Levis to throw the football uh, thirty times a game, it's not going to work. 
Uh, what that's not how Kentucky's built. They are content, they are built on being a rush fo- rushing football team and playing really good defense. And if they're not stopping guys on defense and they have to throw, they have to play catch up. I just don't see it working for them. Um, I think I like Florida in this game because it's at home. If it was at Kentucky, I think Florida kind of lulls that kind of sleepwalk through the first half. But I think I like Florida in this game. I do. Especially especially a night game in the swamp. Yeah, night game in the swamp. They're going to be up for it. Yeah, I like it. Um, this next one. Here's a team that you and I talked about during our Pac-12 breakdown that would look a lot better at the end of the year than they did in the beginning of the year. And they looked pretty good. Good to the year off. Arizona really took it to San Diego State. Um, San Diego, they kind of bend, don't break. They're going to run the football. They're going to get their rush yards. But when it came to passing, they only held them to 60-some yards passing. Um, Arizona, man, looked good. They looked – and again, is this team – going to be contending for the conference no is this team going to make a bowl game maybe maybe with that win that gives them a boost but they uh and you talked about the trajectory of arizona might be better than arizona state we're gonna see but that was a really good sign that's got a that's a big boost for that arizona program that they haven't had much to cheer about for a while and that's a huge win for that program san diego state opening up their new stadium uh, I mean, there was a little bit of hype around the San Diego State program mm-hmm. to compete in the Mountain West, and for Arizona to go on the road and win at at uh, the new Snapdragon Stadium out there in, in San Diego, uh, I'm I'm impressed. And they yeah. get Mississippi State at home. Uh, this is a 10 p.m. kick, so there's a little bit in play here. I mean, Arizona Arizona could surprise Mississippi State. I don't think they will. I just think Will Rogers and that Mississippi State team are. Are really going to have the uh, the athletic edge there, uh, but that this one could get tricky for the for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I like Mississippi State too. I think I think Arizona does. I know it's a late kick, but I do think um, Arizona has a bit of a hangover here. Um, but no, I, I do like um, Mississippi State in this game. Also, from that San Diego State game, um, a lot of complaints about the new stadium. It looked. <laughs> Did you see any of the stuff? I, I saw that it was very hot out there for them, and, and you they, know, they probably shade. should have some shade structures built in. But yeah, I it mean, looks good. The stadium looks nice, but the shade is killing them. Now, granted, in October and in November, you're, you're not going to have to worry about it. Well, and, and normally San Diego weather isn't that bad. Normally, yeah. didn't get that hot. Uh, and you know, if they can get the night games, it'll be fine out there. But yeah, that wasn't a good look for uh, all the struggles no. they had. No, it did. It just kind of added on to it. Um, our buddy Mike was at that game as well. I should reach out to him and ask him how it was. But anyway, um, our last uh, game we're going to talk about the game that game day should be going to Baylor at TCU, or sorry, Baylor at BYU. Uh, match uh, ranked matchup between schools. This should be college game day. The, I don't know how this game's going to go. I think Baylor is your better team. I think Baylor defensively, if they can at least hold BYU down for a little bit, keep them in check. Um, I think Baylor is this football game. BYU's defense, not great. Um, 
So yeah, I like I like the Bears. Um but I don't know. I don't know. Is BYU gonna make this close? I'm not sure. BYU is also dealing with a couple of injuries to Romney and uh, Nakua. And if those two guys are out, that's a real problem for BYU. Uh, I think Baylor's a better team anyway. By nature, the fact that, that Provo is a tough place to play, Lavelle Edwards is going to be rocking uh, late game. I think BYU is going to hang around in it. I just I think Baylor's too good at the end of the day. Uh, but this is a tough, tough, tough road test for the for the Bears. Do you know the line for this? I want to say it's like Baylor minus eight. You want to say Baylor, Baylor minus eight? I, BYU, go ahead and give it to me. BYU minus three and a half. That's kind of surprising to me. I figured Baylor would that be favorite so, here. That looks so, so stupid that I'm bet on it. That line looks so bad to me. Baylor there. You're telling me Baylor's getting three and a half against BYU? I know it's on the road, but still, that looks Especially so with dumb. the way shape and looked at the end of the season, and you know the defense is going to be good. That looks so dumb that I'm going to bet on BYU. I'm doing it. I'm betting on BYU. Um, speaking of other things, um, our game right now, uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech are 0-0 at the end of the first quarter. The offensive woes look like they continue, um, but hopefully we can get a weekend. We didn't have a weekend winners last week. Um, multiple people were preoccupied. Um, Kevin and Joe have uh, yeah, their babies. Um, I was in the uh, fetal position having uh, multiple cases of cardiac arrest. Jay, I don't know what you were doing, but there was no way weekend winners was getting done last week. Yeah, I was getting mentally prepped for the backyard brawl. Yeah. So that was that so, was my deal there. Because we usually record on Thursdays, um, even though we release Saturday the shows. Uh, and, uh, yeah, our Thursday was pretty jam-packed. So hopefully we get one this week. But, um, yeah, Clemson's offense looks like they're picking up right where they left off. DJ Ulongale, uh, two for three for 25 yards right now. Uh, Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech, seven of nine. They've been running a lot of quick pass game. So I was going to say 23 yards, uh, seven completions for 23 yards. A lot. You know what that tells me? Again, I don't have the game on the TV or anything like that, but that tells me that Michigan's defensive line is still very, very, very good at football. And Georgia Tech just has to get the ball out. Yeah. So anyway, in closing, only week one. Okay. Don't, don't overreact, people. Okay. The Josh Pate said something um, from the late kick. He said something that was very, I thought, something that that's really true in college sports. You have eighteen to to twenty two year old kids for the most part, okay? Unless you're Aiden O'Connell and Sean Clifford, who are off their parents' health insurance. But outside of those guys like that, or uh, Corey Brew, uh, Corey Brewer, outside of guys like that, you have eighteen to twenty two year old kids offenses are need time to click. Sometimes defenses need time to click. These are not robots. Okay. Don't overreact in week one and then look stupid five weeks from now. Okay. Make observations. Don't make conclusions. 
it's i mean it's so easy to read into to what may happen here uh one game i do want to talk about before we get completely signed off uh in week two to keep an eye on oregon state at fresno state that's going to be a fun one you may want to tune into that one yeah that is that's a that's a late one too right oh yeah I think so if Oregon State played Boise State last week. Another they go Fresno? to Fresno this week. Yep. Did does Oregon State did are they anticipating being a part of the Mountain West already? <laughs> I wonder that that's myself. what it looks like. Um, <laughs> they're getting they're getting uh, getting ready for when they have to join the Mountain West. Um, no, that 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 is a sneaky good game. Listen, they're they're gonna. There, there's a lot of good matchups coming up this week. Um, Jay, where are you going? I have a wedding in Chicago, uh, so uh, I will be not going to a college football game ban, this week. Ban the fall wedding. I, I, I do want to ban fall weddings, but I'm a good friend, so I will be there attending and probably sneaking views of AM App State on my phone. Very nice. I will be in Happy Valley for the first time in a while for Penn State, Ohio. So we... I will be probably sending some videos from there. I pro- I might send some pick videos. Um, all, all depends. Service service in the tailgate spots are terrible, but we will see. Um, thank you for joining us at the Get Back Coach once again. Hopefully, we will have a weekend winners for you on Thursday. That is with KMS and Joey Props. But from all of us here, thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.